0: Hi everyone, welcome to episode 23 of the Under Further Review podcast with Burke and Jen. I'm Burke. I'm Jen. Um, And we are going to kick today off with um, some listener mail, um, (laughs) since it all relates to our first story for discussion this week, um, the untimely death of the godfather, Aaron Hernandez.
1: Um, So the questions related to Aaron Hernandez, um, and we can... We'll take them in turn as we discuss the, the wider story, but um, we are going to be doing special coverage of him. Uh, the question was whether or not we thought that the Aaron Hernandez suicide was really a hit put out by Bill Belichick, or was this the ultimate revenge for Alexander Bradley, or really is this to the wider public schadenfreude of the highest degree? So, um, we'll take those in turn and we'll also discuss really the fallout from his jail house suicide. And want to thank listener
0: Kang for those questions. <laughs> Thanks Kang! <laughs> um, so as, as anyone who follows or listens to our podcast knows, um, Aaron Hernandez and his, uh, numerous criminal, uh, involvements is kind of what got us to start recording this podcast. And, um, middle of last week, Aaron Hernandez took his own life in prison, um the story that has been disclosed uh, is that he um hanged himself using a bedsheet in his uh, jail cell which he um, used other implements to jam the door shut so that nobody could get in to help him. Um, that was Wednesday at about 3.05 a.m. Eastern Time. He, They got him out of his jail cell, took him to um, the hospital, UMass Medical Center in um, Lemonster, Massachusetts, and he was pronounced dead at 4.07 a.m. that day.
1: Uh, some of the other details that have emerged, um, and i don't really know how credible um, these details are but the materials that were jammed in the door to keep the door from opening was cardboard and uh, I read in various places that the floor had been soaked or at least made um, slippery so that uh, it would be hard for anyone to gain traction and so he could I guess the, the thinking goes is that he wouldn't be able to back out of the action once he started or maybe it would also make it more difficult for people to come in and and try to save him if they had gotten to him you know in time and um
0: apparently he had um in his cell with him at the time of his death was a uh, Bible opened up to uh, John three sixteen and he also had that written on his forehead mm-hmm. um, and there were um, a handful of what have been termed as suicide notes. Um one for his fiance, Shanna Jenkins Hernandez, one for his daughter, Aviel Hernandez, not Aviana. Apologies for the um mis misstatement in our last episode. And then the third person, um, that's a little bit up in the air. Uh there have been some allegations which makes it sound like he did something wrong there have been some stories that he had a um a jailhouse lover who he wrote a letter to that has been um uh, disclaimed by his attorney whether it's true or not a i'm not sure it really matters but um in long story short is we don't know who the third letter was written to
1: Um, it was my understanding that the, um, the individual who was alleged to have been the recipient of the letter, Kyle Kennedy, his attorney has come out and said that it was, it was written to Mr. Kennedy and Mr. Kennedy would be making some statement about this and it, when it it shouldn't be left up to speculation, but that it seemed to me that it was kind of confirmed that it, through Kennedy's attorney that that it, it was to him. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's been a strange week, um. I will say that just personally speaking, when I woke up to the news, I know we've talked about this in the past, but it's the idea of like waking up and like starting to read the news to see what terrible things have happened in this world, like in the three hours between when Washington wakes up and when we wake up <laughs> all here on the West Coast. But that was not something that I expected to see. I. Um, mostly because he had been acquitted of the two murders and, um, his Odin Lloyd appeal, Odin Lloyd appeal was happening. Um, it really didn't seem like that. The timing of it just seemed really odd. And, you know, hence the first question, the first two questions from Kang, which is, you know, was this a hit or was this ultimate revenge or, or people thought that it was actually something committed by jailhouse, um, corrections officers and things like that because why would Aaron Hernandez being in this place now do it do this now right there were
0: there was rampant speculation that um this was a
1: big conspiracy
0: that he was actually murdered in prison um as far as I'm aware there has not been any evidence of that but I believe his family and his attorney from the most recent murder trial, are pushing for an independent investigation as to what happened to him Mm -hmm. because they don't believe that he um, did this to himself. Um, That said, I mean, I suppose the suicide notes could have been fabricated, but it would seem like it's a lot of trouble to go to, um, to fake somebody's suicide. But I guess we'll... Those details come out if there ends up being an independent investigation. um, All of that will come out in due time.
1: Yeah, um, you know, obviously, I'm sure all of these cells have cameras and there is video because that's how guards normally watch um, individuals in their cells. So that would be a lot of work to do to try to cover something like this up, especially when, like, jailhouse deaths, I'm sure, you know, murders by other inmates are not uncommon. They seem to
0: happen quite a bit, yes. Um, So I think to answer another one of Kang's questions, I don't believe that Bill Belichick is behind (laughs) this, although, frankly, nothing would surprise me when it comes to Bill Belichick. But
1: uh, yeah, I just don't see what he would have to gain. It's, I mean, yes, he is associated with the Patriots, but it's been so long since he's played with them, they've moved on as an organization, um, and there are plenty of teams out there with players who they might have regretted signing at some point. So it's not if like
0: the Baltimore Ravens haven't bumped off Ray Rice. I don't think yeah, the Wyatt. Patriots
1: would would do
0: anything to Aaron Hernandez, but um, mm-hmm. it's a fair question. You know, the powers of Bill Belichick <laughs> span far further than I think any of us really. Could have anticipated. Yeah,
1: and I mean, and it, and I actually probably wouldn't put it past Alexander Bradley, considering how insanely, what? um, hell bent he was on, like, ruining Aaron Hernandez. Although I don't know that he would make it a secret. I think he would... He would be very public
0: about what he had done. He would so. be loud and proud about it. You're right. Um, since he announced... Did he say that on the stand that he his mission was to make sure Aaron Hernandez's life was
1: destroyed? I believe so, because yeah. I don't... I mean, unless he spoke to the press otherwise, because I remember reading it, and yeah. I, I'm assuming I read it as part of his overall testimony. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I realized criminals are not always known for their um, intellectual uh, skills, but it would seem real stupid to announce that in a court proceeding and mm-hmm. then have him killed. Yes, um, so particularly there's... since Alexander Bradley gets out of prison in like 2019, yeah. so he has a reason to not want to get in trouble. Again.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so there, the fallout. Um, so the consequences of the suicide. Um, there is a a. An interesting quirk in Massachusetts law which in basically it's the principle that says if you are in the process of appealing is it criminal convictions only I'm assuming I
0: believe so so it's the um, it's a legal theory that comes from old English common law and as it was explained by, I believe it's the head of the Massachusetts Bar Association, it was put into place at a time where a defendants' rights were viewed as more important than victims' rights. It is called abatement ab initio. And the idea is basically if, you, if the defendant dies before all of their appeals have been completed, their conviction is erased because you have an absolute right to participate fully in your appeals process um, and since Aaron Hernandez made himself unavailable to do that, he um, will have the conviction wiped off the slate. Um, so when you you know I, there is a process where his attorneys have to go into court and request this relief, the prosecution can make an argument that it shouldn't be um, it sh- the con- Olden Lloyd murder conviction should not be erased from his um, his record. But as my I understand the law, it's there's not really. Um, wiggle room, if you die while the appeals are in process, your conviction goes away. Um, So what's interesting here from a legal perspective is that there's speculation, although I don't know that we've done a ton of research on this, that um, because the convictions will be expunged from his record, it's like he never went through a trial, he was never convicted of anything, Odin Lloyd's family, who has filed a civil suit against Aaron Hernandez and now his estate, is going to have a much harder um, hill to climb in order to get some relief from um, Aaron Hernandez's estate. Normally, in a civil trial, well, always in a civil trial, you have a lower burden of proof than you do in a criminal trial. In criminal trials, it's you need beyond. to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. In um, civil trials, it's a preponderance of the evidence basically more probable than not to so the concept of like 50% plus one um, that the person did what you're accusing them of doing. Having that conviction would have made it a lot easier for Odin Lloyd's family to kind of get over the hump of the presumption that Aaron, Han- Aaron Hernandez actually committed the murder. That's all gone now. Um, because of this quirk in the Massachusetts law, I'll be interested to see, since this is a law from like, you know, hundreds of years ago, if this particular case, since it's so high profile, uh, will with, spur the legislature to get rid to, of this to, concept, fix it, to,
1: to change it. Yeah.
0: Um, so in any event, um, that's uh, kind of an odd, um, uh, Situation with Massachusetts law that's going to have kind of far-reaching effects in terms of what relief the Lloyd family can seek. Um, the, As I understand it, the uh, two victims of the murder that Aaron Hernandez was acquitted of have also filed suit against him, but because he was acquitted, they wouldn't have had that kind of presumption in mm-hmm. their civil case that he um, committed the crime. So they were always going to have more of an uphill battle than the Lloyds.
1: So that sort of brings us to the question of the that Aaron Hernandez's estate is being sued civilly by probably these three parties, and really, what is his estate made up of? Uh, reporting in the Boston Herald has indicated that he is that Aaron Hernandez has a zero net worth. Um, Cheyenne is the pow, has the power of attorney um, over his things, his material things, so she could, in essence, sell the house. Um, and raise money that way. Did she sell the flop house that he had as well, or just the big house that they owned, they lived in together? I think the way that I read it was that she has power of attorney over all of his his property, his, yeah. his property. So she he could she could sell both the house that they lived in together, where he destroyed his cell phone, and the flop house where he is. Um, For those of you who are not
0: longtime listeners and don't care as much about Aaron Hernandez <laughs> and his criminal escapades as we do, um, the story went that he owned this big, beautiful home in Attleboro, Massachusetts, which is, I don't really know that you can call it a suburb of Boston because it's pretty far away. It's um, I think it's actually closer to Providence, Rhode Island. Oh. Not that you all need a um, Massachusetts geography lesson. But he also owned this second place in Franklin, which is only like three towns away from where I grew up. Pretty nice town. Um, except that Aaron Hernandez had like a, what was referred to in the media as his flop house, um, where he would meet with his fellow um, uh, ne'er-do-wells and um, like Alexander Bradley, <laughs> right? And they would, you know, cause trouble and run whatever um, nefarious shit they were doing out of the Franklin House, I guess. So Shayana wouldn't know about it. Also, there were probably not security cameras at that place. So, uh, anyway, as a little bit of background, yeah.
1: So, uh, so she could sell. Property to raise money um, the other parts of his estate would be his pension who thanks to our boss Charles um, <sighs> says we'll be going to Aviel and, and won't be able to be touched by um, any like verdicts in the civil suit
0: to be clear, Charles is not defending Aviel Hernandez, but he's no. the one who brought that to our attention, <laughs> so right. thank you.
1: Yeah, because so yeah. I mean, if he were our boss and defending Aviel, that would probably make our work lives like a million times more interesting yeah. than um, our run-in-the-mill uh, sort of uh, projects. Um,
0: and there's also, I think more sort of controversially, there is an outstanding grievance filed by the NFLPA against the New England Patriots mm-hmm. um, resulting or... Um, stemming from the Patriots' voiding of Aaron Hernandez's contract after his arrest for Odin Lloyd's murder. Um, Hernandez was guaranteed a bunch of bonus money as part of that contract.
1: Yeah, he. so it was a $40 million contract that he signed in 2012, and $15 million of it was guaranteed money. Um, and
0: so typically, most um, NFL player contracts include a um, sort of a character clause that says that if the player engages in quote-unquote conduct detrimental I'm having a lot of trouble saying that phrase today conduct detrimental to the sport of professional football Um, your contract can be voided and we don't have to the teams don't have to pay you anything and the league can take action against you there are recent um, cases most notably involving Michael Vick that have arbitrators have held that that voiding principle does not apply to guaranteed bonus money. That's a separate issue aside from whatever money you get paid for all the games you play in and whatever conduct you might engage in, the teams are still liable to pay for um, those bonuses. It's guaranteed. Um, So the idea of guaranteed means what it means. Mm -hmm. Um, So the uh, grievances had been held in abeyance pending the resolution of his murder trials. They were going to kick back off now that the um, Abreu, De Abreu and um, Furtado murder trial is wrapped up. They will continue on even after Hernandez is passing because the NFLPA has an obligation to seek money and defend their members' um, interests, interest, even if they are no longer around to participate. Um, so that is another way that his um, family might get some income. However, that bonus money, were the family to recover it, would be subject if they lost one of these civil suits, the families of the, I guess the the plaintiffs in the civil suits could recover that money. Mm-hmm. Hernandez's pension is barred from um, being, you know, pooled as part of the money that can be paid out in the civil suits, so at least his daughter will have that to kind of fall back on.
1: Yeah, and I actually, he hadn't been in the league all that long, and I don't know if NFL pensions are sort of like pensions that we think of in our everyday lives, which is, you know, the amount of money in your pension grows as the more years of service or, um, because careers in the NFL, I think are average, like what, three point, yeah, yeah, three and a half something. years, you know, is there a different scale that they use to determine like what your pension payouts are going to be in the future? Um, it, I'm glad that you brought up the Michael Vick thing because Michael Vick did get his guaranteed money, even though he had been convicted of a crime and served the time mm-hmm. and, um, and his criminal conviction records have not been expunged cleared, and right. cleared. Um, whereas here in the Aaron Hernandez, um, if his attorneys are able to successfully petition the court to have his record cleared, um, does that change? So does that change in how much money he could possibly be eligible for? Like we're saying that the bonus money is separate and apart from other guaranteed monies. um, But does that mean that the $3.2 million signing bonus, and does he also get the rest of the $15 million that were guaranteed in his contract? Or do those guarantees only kick in if you're actually playing, you know, for 2013, 2014, 2015, etc.? So I think that'll be... An interesting thing, and it's always begged the question for me is, like, how do you how do you unlearn things? How do you unknow things, right? Right, yeah, it
0: does seem like the toothpaste is out of the tube on this one, mm-hmm. but um, for... That's always something weird, I think, about our... Or I've always found to be something odd about our profession, is that there are, like, legal realities and then reality, reality. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the legal world a corporation is a person yes. seems real weird to me <laughs> um but uh, you know in this case as you point out how do you all know that he was convicted of killing this guy and um mm-hmm. i guess they just have to because under the legal reality of the world once this petition um for the abatement ab initio is, mm-hmm. is accepted um It's as if he was never, never went through the trial, which seemed, that was what I found particularly interesting reading about the impact on Odin Lloyd's family's civil case against him. It's like the whole record has been erased. So they, in order to prosecute, or uh, I guess prosecute's the right word, their civil complaint, they've got to recreate all of that evidence, um, which is a probably prohibitively expensive for uh, private citizen to do, as Mm -hmm. opposed to, um, you know, the state prosecuting him. So,
1: yeah, calling all of those witnesses again, as opposed to saying, here's the testimony of this person that was under oath. And yeah, that does sound like quite, quite a large Herculean task um, for them. But, you know, it's been done, obviously. Uh, The estates of Ron Goldman and Nicole Brown's family were able to sue O.J. Simpson successfully, civilly. Yes, Yes. successfully. Um, So, you know, there are larger principles, I'm sure, at play for families of victims. Um, I think those are pretty much our thoughts on Aaron Hernandez. Um, Mm -hmm. We have, you know, it's, it's all very conflicted because of the fact that he was kind of a horrible person in real life and um but he means so much to me and burke so yeah and uh i don't
0: know it just seems like this is a really tragic end to a very very tragic story um so hopefully he uh has found whatever piece he couldn't get here and the um families of his victim victims depending on your view of the most recent acquittal um are able to Sort of carry on with their lives, and this will close this particular very sad chapter of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no easy transition between um, talking about the Erin Hernandez uh, story to our next one, but um, this next story is definitely much more uplifting. So, uh, which I think we
0: all need right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so one of uh, Burke and my favorite actors, Tom Hardy. Was kind of a superhero last week. Right. He, um, was, I believe the story, and Genevieve I know
0: will jump in if I'm wrong, um he saw someone stealing a moped in London Mm -hmm. and
1: just ran them down
0: (laughs) to uh, retrieve the moped and um, help out the kid whose moped was stolen.
1: Yeah, so the moped was crashed into a car along, I guess, Tom Hardy's regular walk or whatever. Where he probably walks with his many adorable dogs. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, And then they took off, obviously, not leaving a note for the crashed Mercedes. Uh, Tom Hardy took it upon himself to chase them down, just Jumping over like hedges and fences um and finally tackling one of the guys in a construction um construction site and i don't know if the guy broke his leg because he was tackled by tom hardy or as part of the chase or when he crashed his moped um but the one of the suspects who was uh, apprehended had a broken leg and tom hardy uh It said in one of the articles that I read in the Daily Mail, he was seen sprinting through gardens in a building site before grabbing the thief by the scruff of the neck. Um, Wow. Yeah, so he went all Captain America slash Captain United Kingdom on
0: on this guy. Um, Very Mad Max of him chasing
1: people down in the street. Exactly. uh... So... Uh, the woman, the mother of the, the boy who was caught said, like, this is an interview with her in the Daily Mail that I'm reviewing now, is that the her, her son has had a history of, you know, behavioral issues and um, might... I think she says that he's somewhere on the autism spectrum as well, so he apparently has no fear or understanding of the world around him, according to his mom. So uh, this latest uh, moped stunt was part of his overall conduct. Um, can we repeat the phrase that Tom huh? Hardy said when he captured the wrongdoers? I wasn't going to, but if you feel like it, you know.
0: Well, we haven't gotten the explicit rating on our <laughs> That's true. Um, uh, On our podcast yet, but it basically he said, I caught the CNX Tuesday, <laughs> which is... A phenomenal insult. It makes me wish that I lived in England, where it was somewhat less offensive than it is viewed yeah. as in the United States. Because um, um, people get real up in arms when you say it here. Yeah, but it's there, it's just like
1: a, a regular. Um, it's just like a regular curse word. that's yeah. not. It doesn't have sort of the connotations that it does here, it seems. It also
0: feels like people call their friends that. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. like, the same way that some people refer to their, like, girlfriends as their bitches. Like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not seen as so terrible. Mm-hmm. I wish
1: America were a little more forward-thinking <laughs> um, on that particular phrase. <laughs> but it does seem, like, the fact that he said it does make it seem like he's just pretty much, like, Mad Max about it. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've watched... I had
0: a hard time watching his recent TV show, Taboo, because it's a show that you actually need to pay attention to to realize what the hell's going on, and I often keep TV on as like a background noise while I'm doing stuff around my apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was pretty badass in that show, so it's apparently it's crossed over into his real life.
1: Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, I did watch several episodes of Taboo, um, and you're right, it is hard. You actually have to pay attention to it while you're watching it, but I also found that you could watch you can sort of jump into some episodes, and you didn't need that much backstory to get into the episode that was on. Because right. it's pretty... He's crazy. Yeah. He has a weird relationship with his sister, and his mm-hmm. dad's dead. Yeah, it's and basically... there's, there's a lot of gunpowder involved. Yes, so. and he's got... Does he have tattoos on his face? Uh, he has scars on his face, on but his he has face. tattoos all over the rest of him, and he is kind of naked in yeah. some of the episodes. Not such a terrible... No, Tom movie. Hardy fans yeah. Definitely check the show out yeah. um, What's your favorite Tom Hardy movie Or oh, show? That's a good question
0: I very much enjoyed him in Rock and Rolla mm. um, Which was probably the last good Actually that's not fair Sherlock Holmes is a good Guy Richie movie um, I also enjoyed him very I mean Well I liked him I first remember seeing him in Black Hawk Down Which is from mm-hmm. a very long time ago And was uh, mostly famous for um, What's his face? Josh Hartnett I really love Mad Max, but he doesn't talk that much. Um, I'm having a tough time just picking one. He was great in The Drop, which is the mm-hmm. film that was um, it was shot in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and with involved H- Gandolfini. Yeah. Yes, and it involved him and a very adorable gray pit bull puppy. Um, so that's why I like anything that has to do with him mm-hmm. and dogs. Um, he was great in Legend, the movie about the Cray brothers. I'll basically watch anything that Tom Hardy's in um, Locke was good that was him driving in a car his mistress was having a
1: baby that's not a spoiler it's literally like the plot of the movie um, it comes clearly really early My so I I love Tom Hardy in, in most things that he's done including the ones that you've mentioned um, but I think the character that I like the most that he's played is um, the character that he played in Inception, Inception yeah, yeah. Um, Just because he was probably... Like, I understood everything that he said. I didn't really need to put closed caption on. That's fair. (laughs) Um, I thought he was great as Bane,
0: but you don't really see his face. Um, And
1: and that's such a waste.
0: I know. And it's sad. So I lived in Pittsburgh for three years. If you have not watched The Dark Knight Rises (laughs) to effing bad, like, it's been years... Um, when they blow up Pittsburgh, that was, I don't know that you're, well, it's set in Gotham, but I knew yeah. it was Pittsburgh. Yes, it was because
1: pretty... it was Heinz Field. I mean, yes. it was very and clearly whole... Heinz Field. And I
0: hate the Sealers, and still, I was just
1: like, <laughs> oh, this is terrible.
0: Um, did not enjoy The Revenant. No, that was, that's a tough watch. Yeah, um, um, let's see. I actually, I watched This Is War, oh my goodness, thank you for, t- <laughs> all right, in the spirit of Radical transparency We're currently reviewing His IMDb page <laughs> Warrior Warrior is my favorite Oh alright
1: Yeah that's pretty That's a good It's yeah.
0: phenomenal Joel Edgerton is excellent mm-hmm. It's a really good movie Um, That's yes Yeah Nope that is a good one That took me a while But that's where it landed <laughs> uh, Yeah so like
1: I don't know that I I saw This Means War But I didn't enjoy him Or anybody else in it So um, It wasn't good
0: But it was watchable Because of him And what's his name um, Chris Pine Chris Pine who I realize is like the least famous of the famous Chris's right famous now. Chris's. Um, that, he was also in Hell or High Water, which was an excellent film um, from this year's Oscar crop. I would recommend people watch that. Oh, now Chris that Pine. Is... Sorry. I'm yes. just like,
1: no, Tom Hardy wasn't in that. No, but... Tom Hardy was not. Yes. But now
0: this has turned into a movie podcast. Yes. <laughs> um... There's crime in that, though, so it's like legal. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, so Tom Hardy was a hero last week. Um I don't know. Isn't he a hero every He's day? He's a hero every day. He actually has this, um, there's a really great series on, like, BBC where famous people, actors, writers, comedians, whoever, they read bedtime stories. And if you have a chance to YouTube his, his is adorable. I mean, everything about him is adorable. So He's delightful. <laughs> he is. Um, so yeah, that's so, Tom Hardy superhero. Um... And I think that's pretty much, I mean, there's been a lot that's been going on. There's, you know, a number of people in the draft have some sketchy backgrounds, but we kind of didn't want to get back into that because we seem to, I feel like we just talk about college football players and sexual assault all the time.
0: Right. And it's nothing, I mean, not that Laramie Tunsel found it funny, but at least what happened to him last year was sort of amusing to an outsider with him in a gas mask smoking weed (laughs) on Twitter as he was supposed to be being drafted. Um, How did he do this season? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I was real out on the NFL. That's right. You were boycotting. Um, I was boycotting for a while. Um, I may continue my regular season boycott. I don't know. I have time to make my decision on that. But um, at least that was sort of humorous. Although, again, not for him since he dropped 13 draft positions and lost millions of dollars. But um, yeah. anyway, I think uh, for our last segment today... We're doing what um, I think will now be referred to as the reality TV stoop, um, (laughs) which instead of a corner, because stoop implies you're like down on the ground with the trash that is on reality TV. (laughs) Um, So for this week's stoop, um, Chris Soules, who was The Bachelor um, a couple of seasons ago on The Bachelor franchise, was arrested for leaving the scene of a fatal accident where he was um, driving down the road in Iowa and crashed into a guy
1: driving a tractor um, yes uh, the driver of the tractor was ejected from the tractor um, and that's uh, and that's how he ended up being injured and, and succumbing to those injuries Now as a
0: uh, coastal elite my first reaction <laughs> is why in the hell are people driving tractors on like a road? Um, obviously, I don't know very much about farming or farming communities because I think this is pretty typical.
1: I, I think, yeah, I, and we don't exactly know what kind of road like they were driving down to. I don't think it was like a freeway or anything. It just might have been a road. Um, and apparently, it's it might be the beginning of corn season in the Midwest. So, any of our Midwestern
0: listeners, if you want to let us know if that's right or not, <laughs> feel free to write in. Um, so he crystals hit the tractor um, and just left the guy there. Um, did not he I believe says he tried to get help or tried to help the man, but there's no objective evidence that proves that to be true.
1: Well, I thought that I had read that there was the 911 call um, the 911 call has Chris sold on it indicating that there was an accident and the man was um, not conscious and and he requested help. But it is not disputed that Chris Soules was seen getting into another truck um, and driving away from the scene of this accident before uh sheriff's deputies there. had arrived. Yes. Um, so he got to his house, uh, and did he refuse to leave his house? I believe so. Yeah.
0: Um, he was ultimately arrested for um, leaving the scene of a fatal accident, and I... So I know someone tangentially who did something very similar. The police were trying to pull him over, I believe, for drunk driving. And he um, drove into his garage, you know, opened the door and didn't drive through his garage. Um, and went into his house and just wouldn't come out and basically took the position you need a warrant to get me out of here. Um, and I don't know that it worked successfully for him either. But, um, yeah, Chris souls he's now on an ankle monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been... Yeah. Charged. He has not been charged with anything other than leaving the scene of the accident, as far as I'm aware. Um, So it's unclear if there's going to be an allegation that he
1: um, did something. Yeah, he was the one who caused the accident, or if it would be like uh, vehicular manslaughter charges or something like that. But uh, leaving the scene of a fatal accident is a felony in every state of this country. So um,
0: don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, don't
1: do it. Uh, You know, if you leave the scene of an accident, Um, And there's like property damage or things like that. I mean, those could be misdemeanors. But if it's a fatal accident, it's a felony. So that's what he was charged with, a felony. Um, Yeah, so he has an ankle bracelet strapped to him. Um, He has, I believe, deleted
0: all of his social media accounts mm -hmm. in the wake of this incident. Um, He was not a very popular bachelor. He was kind of like... I didn't actually watch his season, but a lot of people have complained um, on the pod, the Bachelor podcast. I listened to Professor Mina Kimes, and oh. I think he
1: was a fan of, um,
0: of course, Soul's.
1: Um, yeah, I, I didn't watch his season. I, As I might have discussed previously, the only season that I sort of was vaguely uh, tuned into was JoJo Fletcher. Um, so yeah, this whole Chris Holes thing, I didn't even know who he was until I actually like read the story, but apparently he's had, um, other brushes with the law related to driving under the influence and, um, and things, and speeding and, and other just like, uh, moving violations, but I'm assuming like in Iowa, there's, you know, that's probably not that hard to do. (laughs) There's a lot of open space, I think. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, so we will keep an eye on this case, um... But at this point, he's not technically under house arrest, but he's being monitored by the police. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's...
1: Is he a farmer?
0: Yes. Okay. That was part of, I think, the problem with all of, with his bachelor season is that, like, nobody wanted to freaking move to Iowa to live on a farm. No Mm -hmm. offense to farmers who might be listening, but um, I think you draw from a crop of people for The Bachelor that are not women who want to just go on a farm.
1: Yeah, I have, in, on, there's an ad that runs very frequently on um, the NBC Sports Network, which is where they show a lot of the sports that I watch, like Premier League football and F1, but it's, a farmersonly.com. dot like match.com. <laughs> yeah, for, for farmers. farmers. <laughs> so, like, I think that he should just be looking there for wives who are interested, or for partners, excuse me, I, I don't want to assume things, for partners who are interested in the farming lifestyle. I mean, he's handsome, but he has a pretty terrible personality from what I've seen. And oh, if he, no.
0: But if he just had pictures up, you wouldn't know that. <laughs> you might get, like, too absorbed in the relationship to then be like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> Got a crappy personality. Whereas, that becomes very clear on The Bachelor, I think.
1: Um, So the last question from our uh, listener, Kang, was... Oh, can I add one other
0: comment on the reality um, TV stoop? stoop. Mm -hmm. Unrelated to Chris Souls, but um, one of the stars of Bravo TV's Southern Charm, which I have only recently gotten into, and it's horrifying, but I can't stop watching it, Um, but star Craig Conover, who um, we have now followed through his being in law school, getting fired from his legal job, then thinking he was going to be a bourbon magnate, um, he recently passed the South Carolina Bar, so oh. congratulations, Craig. It took you long enough, but I'm um, glad you finally got it done. <laughs>
1: um, what is Southern Charm about? And I'm literally wincing as I'm asking this question. <laughs> so,
0: so, Southern Charm, um, it's a show set in Charleston, South Carolina, that follows the lives of a bunch of people who um, are from... Well, the three of the men are from families who, like, date back to the 1600s in South Carolina. Is this the one... One of the stars is named Thomas Ravenel, who is a fucking creep. He's awful.
1: And he's the one who's dating this woman who's, like, much younger than in the the children thing that we talked about
0: last week? Sort of, yes. T. Rav, as he is known, is in his 50s. Um, He's not aging well on the show. The show's in its fourth season, and, like, he's really... He's looking rough. Um, he literally lives on a plantation, which he refers to as a plantation. It looks like it's just a giant house with a bunch of land around it, but whatever. they know um, generally what a plantation is, right? I guess, but it, he has like a polo field. Um, but T-Rav, oh. yes, he, T-Rav went to jail for, um, distributing cocaine, which he's very quick to point out. I didn't sell it. I just shared it with people. <laughs> Which I would think would make a difference under the law. Not sure that it does. He um, was in federal prison for like six months. He had been the state treasurer of um, South Carolina, but he now cannot run for state office because of his felony, felony conviction. conviction. Mm-hmm. So the second season followed his attempt to become senator from South Carolina, <laughs> running against Lindsey Graham. And frankly, like I think Trav might have actually been a better option than Lindsey Graham. <laughs> Lindsey Graham's terrible, but um, he did not win. Because people in South Carolina don't like criminals, even if they're rich white people, which good on them, I guess. Uh, so, yes, but to Genevieve's point, um, he was 50 in the first season and started dating a 21-year-old. Um, and they now have two children. She is just out of rehab. Um, mm-hmm. She's She's <laughs> nuts. They both are. This is not meant as like a gendered commentary. She's wacky when you follow her on the TV show. She just like screams and yells at people for no particular reason. Deeply jealous, possibly because she's now, I think, 23 and has two babies and the father of her children has taken them away from her. She does not have custody or visitation rights. And this is Catherine Dennis. Um, Excuse me, Catherine Calhoun Dennis, because she is a direct descendant of our former vice president. Um, and they constantly, like, when T- T-Rab decided he needed a wife in order to run for office, and he kept talking about, like, good breeding, which sounds gross and makes me think of, like, cows or horses, um, but that was why he was really into Catherine. Also, she's very pretty and really volatile, and I think he liked the crazy, so.
1: I think, like, the breeding thing, I think that, well, from what I have read in fiction and um, and in other places, at Vanity Fair mostly, like yeah. that seems like that's really important to people with a lot of money and who have political aspirations. So Oops. so you have the right partner spouse on your arm. Like, right. Yeah.
0: Except he couldn't bring Catherine anywhere because A, they had a child out of wedlock, which oh. is a big problem in South Carolina. And also, she's volatile, I think it's probably a better word to use than crazy. Um, she would like blow up, like women would come and talk to him, she would explode. She um wore an outfit to one of his uh campaign events, which was a Yves Saint Laurent t shirt with white t shirt with a bright orange bra under it <laughs> so you could see right through. Doesn't really give off the impression of like a appropriate political wife, which I think you need in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um so it's a very genteel place still
1: in a lot of people's minds yeah and
0: he like filmed an ad with her um friends not including her where the premise was thomas ravenel has been known to raise the roof but he won't raise your taxes and it
1: was just <laughs> awful ridiculous. to see
0: like a 52 year old man no offense to men in men. their <laughs> middle age but yeah he's dancing around like an asshole with these very young women and the like tight shots of Lower halves of these women's bodies, it was just really awkward. Which was the it was filmed by one of his co stars, Whitney Sudler-Smith, Smith, who is a um, a film director. He made a documentary about Halston, the fashion designer. Um, He he is an executive producer on the show, I think it was his idea to create it. Also, his mom, Patricia Altschul, is one of the stars of the TV show. She's pretty awesome, Um, although also potentially an awful person um they're just they're all gross it's a bunch of like men in their late 30s to early 50s who are all trying to date 22 year olds and it grosses me out i don't know who that says more about but it's just ugh um um I took it in February of 17.
1: I was just curious about the South Carolina bar passage rate. Oh. So in... I think he went to Charleston Law School, which has a pretty low passage rate. Just above 50%. But overall, um, in South Carolina in 2016, I believe the bar passage rate was 67%.
0: That seems crazy, because isn't it a lot higher in California?
1: A uh, higher meaning more people pass, or higher. Yeah. no? Those California actually has the lowest bar passage rate of any state. Oh, I must be thinking of if you go to an accredited law school. Uh, in fact, um, our the California bar passage rate is so low that they're making they're thinking about making it um, easier. Really? Yes, because oh. in, yeah, so it is. It has been previously at about forty percent.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: so um, the overall bar passage rate for July 2016 was 43%. The pass rate for first-time takers is 56%. Um, But it's, yeah, it's low. Let me be honest with you, having taken both California and New York, I thought New York was harder.
0: Really? Yeah. Is New York's three days as well? No, New York's is only two days. It could be because I didn't have to take the middle day. New York's (laughs) is only two days. (laughs) They have a lot lot more state-specific topics, so you have Mm. to learn. So... I don't know why any of you guys want to know all this, but I'm going to share anyway. In California, even though you have like a state-specific date, it's all based on the common law, so yes. it's the same stuff you'd have to learn for mm-hmm. your the nationwide multi-choice um, part of the test. Multiple-choice part of the test. Um, mm-hmm. In New York, the state-specific stuff, you actually have to learn the specific state law on things like secure transactions and trusts and wills, and I found that to be a lot more challenging. Um, but... I also, that was the first time I'd ever taken a bar, and I had been a lawyer for six years when I took the New York bar, Um, so... No,
1: you've been a lawyer for six years when you took the California bar. Right. Yes.
0: So, Mm -hmm. yeah, sorry. What I was trying to say is having not, in California, um, the parts of the bar that I had to take involved a lot of, like, essay writing and, like, here's a bunch of facts, write a brief. So I think if I had done poorly on that, it would have been a real indictment of my career as opposed to my intelligence.
1: Yeah, so for New York, um, for all takers, it is, for all candidates, it's 57%.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, So for California, it is a three-day bar. The middle day, I think, for me personally, was the hardest because it was multiple choice. And, you know, as lawyers, what you try to do is you, you want the most information you can get, and then you process that information and there's the answer to any question is always it depends but that's not an option for a multi a multi choice uh, multiple choice no um, and they do. even tell you like there might not be a right answer you just you have, have to
0: pick, to pick the, the best yeah, one that's... and it's like
1: what the hell like, <laughs> sis... um, so yeah so people who come from other states who've already passed uh, bars in other states don't have to take the multiple choice part they just have to take the first day and the third day of essays and for me when i took this however many years ago i always felt the first and the third days were much easier to deal with because even if it's an essay question and you only have three essay questions in the morning you can write your way through an essay yeah. exam and even if you don't get full credit you know you'll get some credit for it but multiple choice it's you, you either, either right yeah wrong. you're either right or wrong and i felt the worst on the second day about like um the whole process. And, you know, to this day, when I walk by the Marriott in Oakland, which is where I took the, their the little hairs on the back of my neck kind of still stand up a little bit from. And it's been a long time. Um, Yeah, I had a real, my
0: friends and I had a real rager at the Pizzeria Uno in Albany after we (laughs) took the New York bar. Um, California, it was a much more sedate (laughs) affair. Um, But yeah, on the essays, you do feel like you can kind of write your way out Mm -hmm. of it. And um, they tell you that part of it, it's not necessarily that you get the right answer, again, because there are no right answers in the law, <laughs> um, but more so that you show how to think like a lawyer, mm-hmm. and if you can show your thought process, then even if you kind of come up with what would be viewed as the wrong outcome, um, they'll give you credit yeah. for thinking it through in a lawyerly way.
1: So the last question um, from Kang's email was, what is your favorite color? Uh, orange. Orange, okay. And mine's blue, probably navy blue. Um, but They're like the opposite colors on the I know, color on the... scheme.
0: What's also interesting is that those are the colors of the University of Virginia where Listener Kang attended both undergrad <laughs> oh. and law school. We've shared a lot of information about Kang today. I hope that's okay with him.
1: <laughs> um, well, that's also where um, a colleague of ours went to undergrad. I wonder if they know each other. I don't know. I think um, our colleague is a few years older
0: than um, Listener Kang. Oh, so. okay. Who will now just be known as Listener Kang. <laughs> I'm not talking about him in the context of listening to the podcast, so...
1: Um, but we also wanted uh, just to wrap up for um, today. We wanted to thank um, a former colleague of ours, Tracy, who got um, a new a microphone for us, actually, for our podcast. And she worked with us for I can't believe three years. But she and her husband decided that you know, maybe the nine to five life wasn't for them and they upped and moved to New Zealand for a year. And so as a parting gift, she got us this really awesome microphone. So thank you so much. And I hope that you all have noticed the increase in the quality of our sound and our production value. We're still working at the kinks on the input volume. Mm -hmm. So we
0: appreciate your patience with us, but yes, yes, thank you, Tracy. Um, Really appreciate it. And hope you're having an awesome time in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, So that's it for this week. Uh, again, please uh, download us on iTunes and leave nice reviews there for us. We could really use it. Um, also, if you want to reach out to us, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at UFR underscore BG. Um, you can check out our website underfurtherreview-bg.com or email us at underfurtherreview.bg@gmail.com at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, and um, actually did a blog post on our website, I think it was last week and I will try to do that more often. Um, Yeah, so hopefully get in touch with us if you want to talk to us. Um, We're still working on our intro music, but... It's coming along, guys. Just hang in there. Thank you. (laughs) We appreciate your patience. (laughs) Uh, Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.